Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Don't forget we're bringing you all your favourite festival tunes this summer on the Back Garden Festival with Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialists in sound. Streaming exclusively online, listen via the Live95 app or go to live95.ie where you will find lots of other things too, including the interview that I've mentioned a couple of times that we did with Des O'Malley who's passed away at the age of 82 uh, it's in two sections there, it was around the time his memoir Conduct Unbecoming came out in 2014 and uh, he talked about various things uh, that morning um, just to remind you of uh, one of the other things that he was chatting to us about before we talk to uh, former Minister Jared Collins uh, and also Stephen O'Burns, Limerick man who was involved as General Secretary of the PDs and played a big role in them. Uh, it was uh, the difficult circumstances that he had um, as, a, a, as a minister at certain points in his career. People would be aware that um, your life was under threat at various points and you needed guard of protection. Um, what about your family? Because obviously the, the life of a, a politician who is down the country in terms of his constituency and in Dublin is, is a split one. You must have been very worried uh, for uh, your wife and children uh, and they must have been very worried too during that time. Well, the kids were so young when I was in, in justice really that uh, not all of them in fact were born at that time and the ones there were four I think who were um, but uh, they were so young they weren't terribly conscious of what was going on uh, and uh, there were always guards just around our house and um, that's um, you know they, they quite, quite a number of guards uh, all the time and um, day and night so and the guards uh, if, if protests and marches and things were coming to the house as they did from time to time. Well, the guards would, would uh, uh, make sure that my wife and children were, were taken away out of it beforehand. And uh, that happened on uh, uh, several occasions. Uh, but it is a worry because it was, you know, a constant thing and I wasn't in Limerick as, uh, all that much. Uh, and um, it was uh, it was unpleasant. It was difficult, and of course, my wife's uh, uh, home and uh, our family's business in the north, because she was from uh, Oma and County Tyrone, uh, that was blown up. And um, when it was rebuilt about a year later, it was blown up again uh, by the provost. Uh, so you know, it was a very unpleasant time for her and for uh, our family. You also refer in the book to two friends of yours, uh, the late Detective Garda, Jerry McCabe, and Detective Ben O'Sullivan, who was also injured uh, in that shooting in Adair in 1996. Uh, I do, because I, I knew the two of them very well. They, they used to drive me around a lot. Uh, after I'd been in justice, um, uh, and I was then in opposition, uh, the guards uh, decided that I had to have protection for, I think it was three or four years after that. And I didn't have a state car, but I had a police car that used to bring me around. And uh, that car, when I was in Limerick or that area, uh, was uh, driven usually by either Jerry McCabe or uh, Ben 
Ken O'Sullivan. And uh, the two of them always operated as a pair. Uh, one of them would drive, I was sitting in the front seat, and the other one was behind on the back seat with a, uh, I think, a submachine gun on his knee. Uh, so um, I got to know them very well, as you can imagine. And uh, the last time I met the two of them was in, in a dare itself. Um, by a strange coincidence, um, a couple of months before uh, they were shot. Um, and uh, it, it was a meeting of the British-Irish parliamentary body. And it's been held in a dare manner. And um, uh, there were a lot of guards there. And I saw the two of them. They were sitting on the stairs, um, overlooking the kind of lobby there at the front. And uh, I went over to talk to them. And I said... Uh, uh, to Jerry McKay, my God, you've got an awful big force uh, here today uh, because there were a lot of British politicians there. And um, I, I I said to him, you don't need him in the dare. Sure, nothing ever happens in the dare. And uh, he said to me, um, oh, no, dare is all right. He said, but it's, uh, it's the boys down the road in Patrick's well that we have to keep our eyes on. And... Um, Two months later, um, in a dare, uh, the boys from Patrick's Well achieved what they wanted to achieve. Mr. Late, Des O'Malley, in a wide-ranging interview he did with me in 2014 and the release of his memoir, Conduct Unbecoming, in the full interview can be heard. Uh, we tweeted it at Limerick Today and also live95.ie and on the Live95 app. It's in two parts. Now, as I mentioned, uh, former minister and MEP and Fianna Fáil TD uh, for uh, Limerick West, as it would have been uh, then. Um, Jared Collins is on the line, as is Stephen O'Burns, also a Limerick man, and he was very much involved in the back room of the PDs um, as General Secretary and you're both very welcome. Um, Jerry. what are your reflections on Des O'Malley? Um, you, you would have been sometimes on the same side of the fence and sometimes on different sides <laughs> of the fence in your yeah, long careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good morning, Joe. Good morning. That is true, I suppose. That's very, very true. My, my immediate reaction when I had the very sad news was sadness that Des was gone uh, and then I reflected that we we both came into government at the same time. And then I thought, my God, Des gone. It, it appears now that as if I'm the last standing member of that government from the arms trial period. And, you know, that's a serious thought to have. But forgetting that for a minute, uh, Des was a wonderful character. We agreed on certain things and there were times we didn't agree. Uh, and I think this is well recorded on, on all records. But he was a very decent man. Uh, he was a very good colleague as minister. Uh, he was very dedicated to his job. And his job at that time as minister was very, very severe. And if you recall, that was the time of the mayhem in Northern Ireland when homes were being burned and streets were burned. Um, yeah, un unfortunately, your line is just breaking up on us a little. What we're going to try to do, actually, is call you back and see if we can get if we can get a, 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 a slightly better line. So, if you do that, if, if you if you if you hang up there, uh, we will we'll ring you back straight away and see if we can improve that line. And in the meantime, I will talk to Stephen O'Burns. And good morning to you, Stephen. Good morning, Joe, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, 
talk about Des O'Malley and to uh, you know highlight uh, you know his incredible contribution to Irish politics and indeed uh, for the welfare of Limerick in uh, you know the 70s, the 80s, the 90s and beyond. I mean Limerick and everything to do with the city and the county were always very close to his heart. Yeah, so obviously you've had a lot of memories, I'm sure, flooding back over the last 24 hours since you heard the sad news. Absolutely. And indeed, I'll be honest with you, I, I've, I've been gratified uh, to see the extraordinary outpouring of, of goodwill uh, for Des and, you know, see it so widely across the board. On the other hand, I mean, Des, was, uh, Des had a lovely wry sense of humour and if, if he was with us, if he could reflect on it, he'd be the first fellow to say, well, my God, Stephen, if these people would only have voted for us in the same numbers back 20 years ago, we'd still be a mighty force in this country. <laughs> <laughs> and that, Des, uh, you knew him as well also, but you knew like there was, there was that twinkle in the eye and uh, he also, you know, he had uh, what I would call a, he had a very sensitive uh, bullshit detector, you know, and he, he didn't suffer a fool gladly in, in any walk of life, be it to do with politics or sport or anything else. But, um, I mean, you know, and I'm delighted to see it so well reflected in the media today, you know, but he, his contribution, you know, from his period in government with Fianna Fáil, I mean, he was, he was only 31 years of age when he became Minister for Justice in 1970 when Jack Lynch appointed him. And he then, you know, was at the helm there with, uh, and he spoke to you in that extract about his very young family, some of whom weren't even born then. And he had to bring in the Offences Against the State Act and he faced constant threat from the, uh, you know, emerging IRA, uh, the Provo IRA of the early 70s. And he and his family, you know, lived through very, very, very difficult times, you know. And, I, you know, they helped to shape him. And indeed, like, again, you, you, you dealt uh, appropriately uh, recalling the, the murder of Jerry McCabe and the wounding of Ben O'Sullivan. And that always uh, does, you know, talked about that time and time again with us, the people uh, you know, like myself, who worked with him. And, you know, the shock of that never left him. And, you know, he, he had a visceral hatred. And I, I, I wouldn't put it any less than that, you know, for the provisional IRA, and as, as I do have. And as indeed most, most parliamentarians and Democrats throughout, throughout Ireland had over those years and, and should still, uh, you know, be very wary of. Uh, so... He was, he was an extraordinary uh, Irish politician and patriot. And, and just talk to me a bit, Stephen, about the excitement of establishing the PDs, you know, trying to keep it going, oh, yeah. the coalitions. I mean, it, it was such an almost mad time in Irish politics. <laughs> That's very well put. It was. It was all of that and more. I mean, I remember I, when, 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 when the PDs were founded in December 85, I was still working as a political journalist with the Irish Independent and I came on board in March of 86 and I remember covering some of those early rallies and I remember writing about them they were like charismatic gatherings the context of course was that Ireland economically in the 80s was on was on the floor and uh, the country was in, in dire straits you know unfortunately uh, the Fine Gael leader Ian Garris Fitzgerald who did a lot of very good things he never grappled properly with the economic turmoil that was the country. Tax rates were uh, were over 70% on higher earnings. There was a, a, a brain drain and a constant emigration from the country. So when Des O'Malley came along, uh, obviously with, with Mary Harney and Michael McDougall very much, it was a triumvirate in December 85 and then into 86, 87, first election in February 87. But preaching, you know, uh, uh, the need for the country to get back to living within its means, preaching the need for lower tax on work and enterprise, 
uh, preaching uh, a, a peaceful reconciliation of the communities in the north of Ireland, a liberal approach on issues like divorce at the time. I mean, the public response was extraordinary. You, you know, it's well documented, those mass rallies in Limerick and Galway and Cork, the Imperial Hotel in uh, Salt, or Leisureland in, in Galway, uh, in, in various venues around Dublin and around the country. I mean, a huge wave of support surged behind the party. And indeed, it culminated to an extent in, in that... Uh, amazing breakthrough election, the first election in 1987, when the party won 14 seats. And, you know, it was within a whisker, maybe, maybe getting about 20. But in fairness to the wily politicians in Fianna Fáil, and I'm delighted to hear Jerry on the line there as well, but, you know, how he had the good sense with Ray McSherry to help to tax the, the, that, the party's policies. And, you know, the cliche, as you might recall, of the late 80s then was that the other party stole the policy clothes of the PDs. And when it came to the next election two years later, I mean, the PD's uh, number of seats in the Dáil collapsed from 14 to 6, partly because um, of that uh, fact that Fianna Fáil had, you know, uh, changed policy and come very much into line with some of the PD founding policies, yeah. but also because the party hadn't got enough time to really put down roots across the country because that second election came too quickly for us. Yeah. And, and the other point being, of course, uh, the Greens might claim today that some of the same thing is going on with their policies with Absolutely. other parties too, Absolutely. which, is, which it's, is interesting. It's happened again yeah. and again. For, <laughs> uh, it's a dilemma uh, well, for all small parties. Well, well, we're chatting to Stephen O'Burns, but we also have uh, former Minister Jared Collins of Fianna Fáil on the line. Uh, did you look um, curiously across at what, was happening with the PDs, um, uh, Jerry? Um, did you see them as a significant threat in the end? Um, no, amazingly, no, you ended up in no. coalition with them. No, I, I, I genuinely believe that they would not enter into coalition for the very simple reason that three years before that particular time, uh, Des broke away from Fianna Fáil because of the leadership in Fianna Fáil. And, and uh, Fianna Fáil suffered a, a setback in that election at that particular time. And then uh, I think there would have been a lot of political change within Fianna Fáil at that particular time if, if a coalition had been established. Mm. You know, I didn't expect them because of that reason. But then my, my, my thinking didn't materialise in the end. The TDs decided they would come into government. And Mr. Hawley had, at the time, difficulty uh, for different reasons with different sections within his own group uh, in persuading them to accept coalition at the time. So all in all, it, it worked out well as government. That is so. I, I, I would agree with a lot of what Stephen said. I'd love to sit down with him and, and, and flesh out some of the other things that, that I would have a slightly different view on than he. But nevertheless, I respect very much what he said. Des and his party and government at that particular time, uh, Mr. Hawley leading his group. And you remember, Mr. Hawley had come back from Japan uh, at that particular time, and we had been beaten on a, on a, on a private member's motion. And, and the consensus in government, and I wasn't part of that consensus, it was to hold a general election. I, I told him that it was wrong, it was unwise, and for the very basic reason that we didn't have any political reason for going. There was no, no, no plank on which we could contest an election. But anyway, he went and he thought he would do better than what we did. PDs came in, and that government worked, and, and it, it, did, it did a lot. There was a lot of success at that time. And, and you mentioned that you disagreed at times with Des O'Malley. He disagreed with you. What was your personal relationship like? Ah, listen, we had a good relationship. Des uh, knew that I was exceptionally friendly with his late uncle, Donna O'Malley, uh, from even earlier from the days uh, when, when 
before Dunlop became a minister. And indeed, Dunlop was a key, a key figure uh, in, in helping me in my by-election in 1967. And his own election came in in 68 when poor Dunlop died during the Clare by-election, if you recall. So we, we had a good relationship in that sense. Uh, we were never competing with each other for anything. We were, uh, I think, age-wise, he was about three months younger than I. And I used to joke him about he being a young fella. Uh, uh, that three months was important then. We both, be, we both, we both became junior ministers uh, at, at the same time. And and uh, Des then and I and Bobby Malai and Jerry Cronin were appointed at the same time as members of the cabinet in on May fifth, nineteen seventy, a time which I will never ever ever forget. And the, the, the circumstances which Stephen outlined there that existed at the time are very, very true. It was a horrible time. It was a very difficult time. And Des had to stand up to many, many pressures. So there were, at that time, if you recall, the British Embassy was burned by the, the Sinn Féin incited mob, something like Washington mob and Trump on January 6th of this year. They came and burned the British Embassy. And indeed, I heard him from my office. My office was in, in the GPO on O'Connor Street, and I could hear him uh, trying to excite people to come and burn the all air. And the Des had to get had to, had to bring the army into the into in, into uh, Leinster House in the front lawn to protect the building on that occasion. Des had an exceptionally difficult time. That is quite so, but he did it well. He did it exceptionally well, and and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because there was a rump within the party at the time who would have been political supporters, if not more than that, uh, with the members of the government who were asked to leave by Jack Linton, who were fired by Jack Linton a number of months beforehand. Right, and, and tell me then, the, that coalition, um, he and Hahi, you know, who definitely didn't get on for all sorts of reasons, but yeah. in the end the PDs and, and Fianna Fáil were in uh, coalition together. Was there a tension between Charles Hahi and Des on an ongoing basis? Funny enough, there was, which was very much, I'll be very honest, it was very much that Charlie Hawley was in control of the government, if you like. He was the Taoiseach. And at that particular time, uh, the Taoiseach was, uh, you know, primus at the past. He, he, was, he was the number one man. But Des, Des and he had a good working relationship, and any sensitive issue would be talked out between themselves beforehand and before it was brought to government for discussion and decision. That is so. There was never any tension in government that I saw, and I would be fairly, fairly keen, and I would be very sharp. To, to see anything like that. No, there was a good relationship. Des, Des was a very pleasant colleague. You know, he could be, and he needed to be, because uh, Charlie Charlie was Charlie. And, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm not going to go too deep into any of the personalities at the particular time. But Des, and, and was greatly helped by Bobby Malai. We should never forget Bobby. Bobby was a, a rock of common sense. Uh, in, in government at that particular time. A wonderful colleague as well, that's yeah. so. And, and one other thing, um, uh, Jerry Collins, is that you know, both of you as ministers would know that you know whatever you could do for Limerick, you would do. And uh, from your point of view in terms of industry and business, you looked after that. He too uh, made a big contribution to Limerick with you know some pretty big industry coming here at that time when it was desperately needed. Not alone that, Joe, but he made a major contribution to to, to Ireland as, as a nation and to its people. Because when Des became Minister for Industry and Commerce uh, in 1977, uh, I went into the Department of Justice that time and I inherited my God a legacy that was shocking. But 
when when Desmond did to industry and commerce, he did mighty work with Michael Killeen of the IDA in promoting foreign investments into our country. Massive, massive results that took place over the years. And Des should always be remembered for that. I would imagine, uh, Stephen O'Barnes, that uh, you mentioned it earlier, that I'd say Des is um, enjoying maybe looking down this morning and hearing some of those tributes from the likes of Jerry Collins and many others as well. Yes, but in fairness to Jerry, I, I mean, uh, I, I, I think, you know, it's probably partly the, the shared Limerick connection, I suppose, of all three of us. But uh, I, I would recall that uh, Jerry Collins, uh, you know, when in the, when the turmoil in, was, you know, at its greatest within Fianna Fáil, before the establishment of PDs, and this was the early to mid-80s, when, which ultimately culminated in Des O'Malley being expelled in 1984. In fairness, uh, my recollection of Gerard Collins of that period was, you know, he, he did work might and main to prevent what ultimately became a major split within Fianna Fáil, uh, you know, according to its lights, and uh, with the departure of Des O'Malley and then Mary Harney as well was also expelled. But, it, uh, you know, I'd acknowledge that uh, Gerard Collins thought, uh, you know, and he was fully entitled to it from a Fianna Fáil perspective, to try to keep the party together and to avoid that schism which, you know, broke out and culminated then in the establishment of, of the Progressive Democrats in December 1985. And one other thing that Gerard said, which I absolutely share, uh, Des had been a renowned Minister for Industry and Commerce in Fianna Fáil governments, as, as Gerard has just acknowledged. Um, and then he was back in the same post when that coalition was formed with uh, Charlie Hockey and co. Uh, in June of 1989. And he worked, and I was working very closely with him at that time in the department. And I saw it firsthand, uh, you know, the, the closeness between him and the IDA and always the way the IDA people would come. And if there was a major international trip involving, you know, meeting in, you know, co- um, companies, be it in Japan or in the United States or wherever, they, all, they were always anxious uh, to get Des O'Malley to, to, to lead the delegation. Right. Now... Des, in fairness, had so much on his plate at the time. You know, he did delegate as much as he possibly could, particularly on the home stage. And uh, he, you know, he used to get, he used to, he'd say himself, he used to get fed up with some of these, of this tripping around. And I was often even, I used to be used as a gopher by some of the IDA guys to get me to make sure that Des appreciated the absolute importance of such and such a, a, a mission yeah. and that he absolutely must go. And, you know, he, he, he played, as Charles Collins has acknowledged as well in his earlier periods in industry and commerce, he, he played an incredible role in attracting international investment to our shores. Right. Finally, um, Jerry Collins, and I could maybe ask this question of you as much as I'd ask it of Des O'Malley, but I'm asking you about Des, <laughs> about Des O'Malley in this specific context. Yeah. Could he have been Taoiseach? And if he were, would it ultimately have been a poison chalice at that time? I'll tell you, Joe, just before Des made his break and started up the PDs, I really, really, really discussed in great depth with him my, my reasoning why he should stay within the party. I recognised, of course, there was, there was a need for change within the party in, in all aspects of party. And I did, and this was captured on television and Des and I talking in, in the, front, the front yard, if I might say, of the house. Uh, and I tried to tell him that all we need is a little more time within the party, and that change was coming much faster than I than, than many might have thought. I could see that. If, if we hadn't that coalition government at that particular time with the PDs, I, I firmly believe there would have been a change of leadership with, within a matter of days if that if that coalition hadn't 
turned out. And whether you change the leadership, come to change the policy uh, and all that. But, you know, uh, could Des have been leader of the party? That is something, of course, he would be very much in contention for it. Uh, I think poor George Colley had died at that time. George, George would have been a magnificent leader of our party. That is so. I voted for him. I hoped he would have been, but he wasn't. He, he didn't have enough. Uh, he was shot two or three votes to get leadership. Well, you know, Des made up his own mind, and, and, and he was perfectly entitled to do so. Uh, and then, after that, of course, any any possibility of Des being considered for leadership in Fianna Fáil, uh, it was gone. And I said I would regret. Of course, he had all the attributes, practically all the attributes, for leadership, and I don't doubt that he would have been successful. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much for talking to us, uh, former minister and former Fianna Fáil TD in the old Limerick West constituency as well, Jared Collins. Good to hear from you. And thank you also to Stephen O'Burns, who was, among other things, General Secretary of the PDs, the party that the late Des O'Malley, who's passed away at the age of 82, founded. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.